Alright. Who heads? It's Monday. You know what time it is. It's FRPC. And it's your host, Vince. I'm on the air with you. And uh, we got a lot to cover. And we got a real short time to do it. But there's a lot of stuff that we talk about here. We talk about the NBA. We talk about the draft. We want to talk about the front offices. And we want to get more in-depth on those things. But there's something that has come across my desk that definitely needs some sort of uh, comment. And it actually leads into the NBA. So just give me a minute and let me kind of just rant for a second. The college football playoffs happened over the weekend. And uh, one of the things that we talk about with the NBA is how regular season games, you know, there's not a lot of juice and there's not a lot going on or whatever case may be. But the one thing that we talk about in college football is that every game matters. Or should I say it should matter? Because we had a heist in college football over the weekend. And by now, everybody knows that Florida State, who was 13-0, and won their conference championship game. Also, the defending two-time, not one, two-time defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, lost over the weekend as well. Now, with all that being said, it's really hard for me to sit here and go, Alabama is deserving to get into this thing. Now, I know college college football fans will tell me, you know, hey, these are the breaks, whatever the case may be. But I really don't think that's the case because it's always a moving target when we talk about college football. The great thing about the NBA is twofold. One, you win enough games, you go on to the postseason. Hell, they even put in a, a uh, play-in game for teams who were at the back end, which I think is brilliant. I think there's too many teams. I think we could do something where instead of... Um, no, actually, it's pretty good. I mean, you think about it. The last four teams, you know, maybe they have some injuries or whatever. But you play to get in. And it doesn't matter if you have injuries. It doesn't matter about, oh, we like this star over this particular basketball star. It's you win and you're in. Well, college football is a little bit different because we got people. And anytime you enter in to some sort of agreement with a person, understand that everybody has flaws. Myself, uh, I have flaws. I am not a perfect human being. There was one, one that roamed this land that was perfect. He died for our sins. So, um, with that being said, let me give you my little thing on the college football playoffs. All this has to do with is the age-old question. It's never about the most deserving. It's who are the it people that we can invite to the party? Florida State can be summed up in some pop culture references. Now, I'm going to age myself a little bit. So when I when you hear these movies for the young people, you might have to Google because these movies are like 30, 40 years old, which seems like it was in black and white. But trust me, it was actually in color. But Florida State reminds me of every character in a John Hughes film in the 80s. There was a movie called Pretty in Pink. In that movie, there was a star by the name of Molly Ringwald, who was the... he She was the actual apple of what Florida State would be, which is John Cryer. And if you know Two and a Half Men, John Cryer is in that show. I think he's starting in a new show coming up in the next couple weeks or whatever. But 
John Cryer was in this movie called Pretty in Pink, and he was he went by the name of Ducky. Now Ducky is a did everything he was supposed to do, supposed to do. He was a gentleman. He cared about this girl, and she just didn't see him in that light because she was trying to get to the popular kid, right? Now the Breakfast Club, also a very old movie. In that, there was a character by the name of Michael Anthony Hall. Now, if you watch, if you watch some uh, Saturday Night Live back in the day, Michael Anthony Hall was on that. But he had a character on on the Breakfast Club called Brian Johnson, kind of a dweeb, um, not as popular. And one of the points in the movie, he asked, like, after we get out of detention, and if you haven't seen the movie. It's based, it's based with them in detention. There's a bunch of people. Judd Nelson's in it. Uh, Ali Sheedy is in it. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else who was in it. Um, just a myriad of like 80 stars and whatever the case may be. And he asks a very important question. His character, Brian Johnson, asks a very important question. After detention, will it be cool... For us to hang out to Molly Ringwald. And she said no. Because you have your friends. I have mine. Now. Does this sound like Florida State? It does. You want more proof? I got another one for you. 16 Candles. Molly Ringwald is in this one. But now she's. The person. That's on the outside looking in. Her character is Samantha Baker. And she is the one being forgotten about, misjudged, not as popular, and what have you. And I think one of the, the movies that I am really, really like tied to, there was a movie called Some Kind of Wonderful. And it had a, a, a plethora of stars in this. Eric Stoltz was in this. But there was a young lady by the late name of Mary Stewart Masterson. Her character in the show was called Watts. And she was forgotten about and, mis and used incorrectly. And, you know, she wasn't the most, she wasn't the prettiest girl in school, or whatever. She's kind of a tomboy and everything like that. And she was overlooked. Now, if you want a more contemporary um, story towards this, I think about four or five years ago, there was a movie called The Duff, and it starred Mae Whitman. Mae Whitman has been in a lot of things. She's been in um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, all kinds of things. Talented, very, very talented actress, but in this movie, she plays the, you know, bypass person, you know, not the most popular, what have you. And unfortunately, all of these things add up to Florida State. And I'll get to them in one second. And then probably a movie that is like in between the 20-year-olds and the 30-year-olds. 20-year-olds might not have seen this, but I'm sure the 30-year-olds have seen it. There was a movie called Can't Hardly Wait. And in this movie, Rachel Lee Cook plays a art student, very missed, you know, uh, just a cast out, misfit type person, and becomes popular, right? But for four years of her high school career, overlooked. Not popular. She takes off her glasses and, and pulls down her hair. And she becomes the sexiest kid in the school. But for years, nobody looked at her. And she she knew the value in herself. So she didn't, she got, I mean, they go through a whole thing. But at the end of the day, she says, you know, I got to be true to myself. But all these things apply to the Florida State Seminoles. And they're not being able to get into the college football playoffs. The other team that might actually have a, a real 
argument to this is the two-time defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, yes, they lost the SEC championship game, but does that mean they go down four slots? You're telling me that Georgia, who's played great all year, lost one game? Doesn't get the right. I mean, if they lost three games, yes, they don't get the right to defend their national championship. But not a Florida State or Georgia are in, which tells me a lot about the game of college football today. Because it's not about whether you're deserving. It's not about all of the hard work and effort that you put in. It's about who's the most popular. And that's what it's all about. So that's my rant on college football. And now we can get on to the whole business of basketball. I have a ton of notes here that we need to go over. Um, a lot of it is going to have to do with the in-season tournament. And we'll get there. But before we do that, I want to talk about uh, Jokic of Denver winning the Player of the Month award in November. I want to talk about Jason Tatum doing it for the East as well. Here's the thing that I want to say about Nikola Jokic. Um, he's won two MVPs so far. He's won a finals MVP so far. But let me give you a couple numbers. He might be even better than he was over the last during his MVP season. He might be better now. The reason why I say that is that right now, his assist percentage is 48%, which is higher than it was in his previous MVP seasons. Per 100 possessions, he's averaging 41.8 points a game. His offensive rating is 131, and his defensive rating is 109. His true shooting percentage is down, but keep in mind, his running mate, um, Jamal Murray, is injured. Aaron Gordon has been injured. They've been playing with a, a less of a crew than normal. So his shooting percentage, his true shooting percentage is down. He was, uh, he's at 634 right now, and last year he was shooting, uh, he was at seven, he was at, uh, 70.1 last year. So, I mean, these things are, this is, these numbers that he's putting up and not having the actual team that he normally has, I mean, he's looking at another MVP year. Now, with the other thing that's going on with this is that we have a situation where um, Jason Tatum is putting up basically a similar year to the last two or three years that he's put up. His free throw rate is down. Now, that might have to do because of the system they run in Boston. His free throw, free throw rate last year was uh, at almost 40%. It was 39.9. This year, it's at 33.9. Now, his true shooting percentage is up to um, 62.3, which is a plus of .016, better than last season. So, He's actually taking better shots than he was last year. But it looks a lot like it has looked over the last couple years. The one thing that I will say about Tatum is that he looks a lot bigger. And I think he put on extra weight muscle to handle the rigors of the season and also to have some reserves left in the tank for a long postseason run. And Boston is just awesome. They're just awesome right now. And actually, that leads us into the in-season tournament. And let's talk about some of the the particulars in the in-season tournament, shall we? And I broke this down a little bit, too. A lot of this is going to be fun. I'll give you a little bit of, like, insight of what I think of the teams and kind of how they're, you know, how they're looking as far as this is concerned. Boston Celtics right now, to me, are your quintessential Academy Award frontrunners. If you look at Boston, they, they play a, a really up-tempo style of basketball. It's very beautiful to watch, share the ball, 
that sort of thing, but they just have just incredible firepower, right? So when I look at this team, the, the director or the front office person, Brad Stevens, he would be our, our, the director of the year, right, in the Academy Awards. Your leading actor would be Jason Tatum, of course. We just talked about his numbers. Best supporting actor would be Drew Holiday. Coming over from Milwaukee and adding that steadying presence. Now, don't get me wrong. He is replacing the heart and soul of that team, which is, uh, what's my guy's name in Memphis now? Marcus Smart. So he was replacing Marcus Smart, but he's such a steadying influence. He gives that team structure. He also plays incredible defense and also the most important, he doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much as Marcus Smart, right? That's a major fact. And then I would say as far as cinematography, which would be like, you know, just being able to kind of paint the picture for you, and that would be Derek White. Derek White has played awesome point guard. And I'll remind everyone, when all of this was going on, Everybody was wondering how Derek White and Drew Holiday would handle the backcourt. I think they're handling the backcourt just fine right now. Okay? So the Boston Celtics, to me, are as front runner as you can possibly get right now. They, they play great defense. They're long. They're athletic. And they have a lot to offer. Um... Anyone. So if you haven't really seen them so far this year, right, you know, because usually people don't get into the basketball until about this time, right before the Christmas games or whatever. But we've had, because of in-season tournament, you know, we got locked in early. All right. This turns us to probably one of my favorite teams and one of my favorite guys to talk about. Let's talk about the... Indiana Pacers, all right? The Indiana Pacers are going to be playing the Boston Celtics, and it's so funny to me. Their their characteristics, you would think they would be like more of a New York team or L.A. team or whatever. Um, when you think of Indiana, it's the heartland of America. You know, you have the Indianapolis 500, where the winner of the Indianapolis 500 actually drinks like a quarter of milk on the on the w- winner's podium, all right? Um, when you think of Indiana, you think of farms, you think of cows, you think of tractors. They get up early in the morning, salt of the earth people, right? No one would immediately think style and flash when you think of Indianapolis. But if you look at the Pacers play, it looks like a video game. It looks like you playing 2K and, you know, you got your favorite player and he's just hoisting up shots. Tyrese Halliburton is absolutely phenomenal. He's leading the league with an assist. He's scoring darn near close to 30 a game. And he's just leading the Pacer team to this really good early record. They look phenomenal. Um... And I like their pace. Now, they play not a lick of defense at all, okay, (laughs) to the point where you're going to see a bunch of 255-plus scoring between the two teams. But it's like a a Michael Mann film. You're going to have a bunch of explosions. You're going to see cool car chases. You're going to see a bunch of action and... When you get done, you're not necessarily knowing that you maybe saw a good movie or a bad movie, but you were entertained as hell, right? You were just entertained. There's never a game that's not entertaining with the Indianapolis Pacers right now. And again, let's hit on Tyrese. Tyrese Halliburton is so unselfish. He is making it very easy to score for everybody else. Matherin has taken the jump. Miles Turner started off slow. 
he's still doing Miles Turner's things like he was last year. By the way, low-key sneaky good signing last year. Signing Miles Turner to that contract where they gave him a balloon payment last year and now the salary is descending. So I really like what they did with that. And for my boom baby fans out there who are like saying like give our team some love. I just wanted to make sure that we represented the uh the Indiana Pacers in, in such a good light. Now we move to the Kings and the Pelicans. <laughs> Kings and Pelicans are really straight up. It's actually it's kind of a what I want to do is I want to kind of spotlight two guys. And I want to spotlight two guys for specific reasons. I want to kind of put our focus on DeMontis Sabonis and Zion Williamson, right? These are two stars that are in complete contrast to one another, right? Just absolute, completely different sides of the spectrum for both of them. Sabonis has honed his skills over these years. You know who his dad is. Arvidas Arvidas Sabonis played for the Portland Trailblazers back in like the 90s and the 2000s, right? And um, Arvidas was such a skilled basketball player. We didn't get to see the best version of him um, because he played for the Russian national team and he just never got over here. By the time he got over here, his knees were shot. He was slower. He wasn't as athletic, but his mind and his skill were still there. And he's just basically put all that into his son. His son is amazing. He's completely skilled. Um, there's intent with every pick that DeMontis Sabonis sets. Every DHO, grabbing a defensive rebound, all of it is done with intent and force. Okay, because he's not the biggest dude, but he's one of the toughest, strongest dudes in the NBA. Let's get that straight right now. And for our people who are like on the fringe, who don't, who are coming in maybe for the in-season tournament, who probably don't watch a lot of basketball until maybe the playoffs or whatever, catch a Sacramento game and just watch how hard, what the effort level is from DeMontis Sabonis every single night because he never cheats the game. He never cheats it. He empties the tank every single time. And if you are a basketball purist, kind of like myself, you can appreciate that. You can really appreciate that because he's getting everything out of his talent that uh, he's maximizing everything. And along with De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis' skills of toughness and his relentlessness and his rugged style of play has the Kings looking at Another playoff uh, appearance. They had literally not been to the playoffs for, think about this, the last time they were in playoffs until last year, right? George W. Bush was in his first term, right? It was his first term. That's a long time. Now, let's switch on to the other side. Zion Williamson has been part of our collective uh, psyche and, and, and conscious for a while. Uh, he broke out on like YouTube clips and TikTok clips back in high school when he was posterizing ferociously these kids that probably went on to be very good dentists, future accountants. Regional managers at TGI Fridays. But that's how we got to know Zion Williamson. Now, the other thing that captured our imagination is just the power and the uh, and the explosiveness that he had in high school, but also he took it to Duke. 
to the point, remember when we were uh, sitting there and we were talking about, um, we were talking about whether Zion should come back and play when he when his shoe blew out from that jump that he made. His shoe blew out and he hurt his knee. Came back to play, and uh, you know we were all we were all blessed for it because he's just amazing. It's it's hard to quantify and be able to explain to people that that man is six six. He's probably about three hundred and fifteen pounds. I know he's listed at two eighty. I don't think he's anywhere close to that. But that man, the ability to get up as high as he does. But here's the other thing: it's not even that. It's when he misses a shot, his ability to hit the ground and spring right back up, nobody in the league has that. Which also, again, I hammer this point home every time I talk about Zion because I always think about what Charles Barkley said and people always are going like, well, he's old. The olds don't know what they're talking about. There's no way that man should be averaging six rebounds a game for as much force as he plays with, with as much athleticism that he plays with, six rebounds a game is is way too low for him. And I think that's just an effort play. Um, now, here's the other thing about Zion. Zion looks like, with the power and the explosion and how big he is, he looks like he should be playing for uh, Nick Saban, Roll Tide, or Kirby Smart, go dogs in college football. That's just one one of my things with Zion. But he is playing basketball, and let's talk about some of the things we see out of Zion. Zion, we're still waiting for a full season out of Zion, right? Uh, let's just be real honest about what we're talking about here. The habits haven't been great. So, one side, we have a guy who's getting everything out of his ability and has now reached an all-star level, right? And then on the other side, we have this guy who's just oozing, dripping with talent, and we still have not seen him play more than half a season, right? He's actually played, what, I think up until this year and with the games that he's already played, he was... He's been like less than 50% of all the total games in his NBA career. By the way, we are in year five of Zion. Just wanna I know time is going by fast, but we are in year five. And we're still waiting for the complete Zion season. I'm not even looking for 82 games. Can you give me 70? I would even take six literally from you, I would take 62. If I can get 62 to 66 games out of Zion, that'd be great. Of course, we are um, <laughs> we're like the people like at the Vatican when they are uh, you know, they're looking at the steeple and they're looking for the white smoke to see who the next Pope is going to be. That's what we're looking for out of Zion with playing a full season. That, I mean, literally, that's we're waiting with bated breath. So hopefully Zion will bless us just this year with that. But the glimpses and the blurred photos and even whispers, you would think that we're discussing something like a mythical creature like the Yeti. Or the Loch Ness Monster. But in New Orleans, for four seasons, the Pelicans fans have prayed. They've gone to psychics. They've asked long past ancestors to protect Zion Williamson. And none of it has helped. None of it. The unfortunate part is that we're looking at a situation where he's just got to get it. He's just got to, he's got to play. Because the Pelicans are different when Zion is on the court. He gives them something that they don't have. And he gives them gravity. 
when he goes to the hole, everybody's going to the basket with him, which means that there are wide open shooters. And for the first time in a while, New Orleans actually has shooters. Shout out to our boy. We're going to get into the rookies of the month a little bit later, but shout out to my guy, Jordan Hawkins out of UConn. Loved him in the draft. Loved his play style. And he's doing it in New Orleans. And he's just another shooter. And Trey Murphy the third is coming back. We got CJ McCollum working his way back. So this team is about to be at full strength for the first time in a while. And I'm hoping that New Orleans Pelicans fans will really get to see what the full version of this team looks like. Because they definitely have not gotten it. And they're to the point now where I'm sure. I just think back to the scene when they got Zion. When they got the, uh, when the draft lottery was done. And they got the number one overall pick. Remember the scene in New Orleans? It was like Mardi Gras. They got Zion Williamson. It was it was a party scene. And now it's like, it's just incredulous. It's like, what, well, is he going to play? Oh, he's not going to play this night? Oh, no big deal. So your fan base is not even excited about you playing. Because you not play so much, it's kind of like, well, we hope he's here. You know? But... Keep up the faith, Pelican fans. Hopefully this is the year. I think it's the year that Zion Williamson plays pretty much a full season. But there is a stark difference between those two players and this matchup in the in-season tournament. Now we're going to move on to the Bucks and the Knicks. I had a whole thing on the Knicks. Because um, I was reading something wrong. But I did this one. <laughs> I love it. Um, if you're as old as me. The NFL used to celebrate the bone crushing hits by the defense. They used to call it jacked up. It was on ESPN. It was about 15 years ago. Every every like demolishing hit. They would, be like, they would yell. You just got jacked up. Right? Now, with these two teams, um, you're probably going to see a little bit of that. They even made, like, theatric videos of these plays. Um, and it involved uh, just people just getting their head just, you know, what we would call dinged up back in the day or bell rung or whatever. Um, these were cute and non-threatening descriptions now, the youngins call it violent acts and unnecessary roughness, you know, that lead to uh, CTE. But for my bloodthirsty UFC MMA fans, this Bucks Knicks uh, in season tournament game, and I want to shout out my guy from the uh, the Mass Man pod on the, on the ringer, uh, Cass. He has a saying. And he's like, two meaty men bumping meat. We are going to see a bunch of car crashes in this game. Because Julius Randle getting downhill, Giannis Antetokounmpo getting downhill, and somebody trying to get in the way of one of those two guys, it's just going to be awesome. So I look forward to to that real, real physical matchup. And now we get... To the Lakers and Suns. Now on this podcast. I have been very very critical of the Lakers. Been very critical. Of the team that I have enjoyed. For 40 plus years. But. This actual. This actual in season tournament thing. Has me you know has me kind of psyched. One. We all know. How Devin Booker gets down. Right, D Book is one of the best players in the game, and I hope that this is a, a kind of a, a spotlight for him where he can kind of just put his mark that he should be considered one of the best players in the game. Because make no mistake about it, people want to sit here and talk about Kevin Durant, and they want to talk about Bradley Bill in Phoenix. 
Devin Booker is the guy in Phoenix. Make no mistake about it. Kevin Durant is awesome. Bradley Bill is a talented scorer. But that team is going to go as far as Devin Booker takes them. Alright? That is the... I know a lot of people want to debate me on that. They want to talk about how skilled Kevin Durant is. And he's 7 feet. And he can get his shot anywhere and all that. You know what? Devin Booker is 6'5". He still gets his shot. That dude gets any shot he wants. Check out the game winner uh, last week. Go back on YouTube. Check out the game winner. And then we'll have a ton of clips of Durant and LeBron, right? We'll have a ton of clips of that because they're, they're the old vets. They've scored a bunch of points. Both of them are in the top 10 in all-time scoring. Obviously, LeBron is the all-time scoring leader. But uh, Durant entered the top 10 uh, what early last week. So... You're going to see a lot of history. You're going to see probably some old old photos, old footage of, of those two and, and now today. But the thing that I want to kind of focus in is on the two guys that are kind of like the back seat. I want to focus in on AD and Bradley Bill. <laughs> okay. So both of those guys, this is how this is how I see both of those guys. Now you're going to, have to bear with me. So this is an analogy, young people. This is an analogy. I'm not calling them this. I'm not calling them, you know, anything. This is an analogy. But they remind me of have you ever had a summertime fling? Like, have you ever had a situation where you know, you went somewhere, maybe your folks took you to, I don't know, Virginia Beach, or they took you to Charleston, South Carolina, or anywhere. You know, for us West Coast people, did you go to Vegas and hang out a lot? Did you go to, you know, the Santa Monica Pier and hang out a lot? Whatever. But these two dudes remind me of a summertime fling. And let me kind of explain what I'm talking about. You you over-romanticize that situation, right? If you think about it, anybody that you might have hooked up with back in the day when you were younger or whatever and it was a short stint, you always pine over them or think about them a little bit too much or whatever case may be. Oh, I wonder what they're doing. But you knew it was for a short time, right? You just knew. That it, that it wasn't going to last. Maybe in actuality, what AD and Bradley Bill remind me of. <laughs> Maybe it's more like you dating an IG model. Right? Who just broke up with her jerk boyfriend. You know. And you were the safe guy. You treated her great. You opened up doors. You sent her a couple thoughtful texts, you know, through the week, just to let her know that you were thinking about her, but you were, you know, also being chill and keeping your distance. You were playing, you were doing all the things right that you're supposed to do. And to her friends, oh, she told you, she told them, oh, he's such a good guy. He's so sweet. You know, he was just what I needed to build up my confidence. But then it ends, right? Because there's another exciting, mysterious bad boy. And he enters the picture. And then your heart is eventually broken because she breaks up with you. This is AD and this is Bradley Bill. Okay? I'm sorry. I know that my man AD is playing a lot of games this year. And I'm not sitting here going to tell you, oh, he's going to get injured. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. But his play, every other game, we're seeing it. Like, you see the talent. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows that it's there. And I understand that we can't get 32 points and 16 rebounds and 4 blocks every single game. 
But AD is 31 years old. He's in the prime. We can't have LeBron James out here at 38, 39 years old leading the team. You got to lead the team, bro. It's yours. You got to take that mantle. He's been reluctant to do so. Bradley Bill has... Last, listen, last three years, that dude hasn't played either. Okay? So, again, it's like a summer fling. Or it's like that IG model that you had that brief moment in time with, right? But you know, inevitably, it's going to end. And it's the same thing with these dudes. Phoenix got it early with Brad Bill because he started the season on uh, injured reserve. And then uh, with 80s play, it's been up and down all year. And they kind of needed him to be very consistent this year because the Lakers need a little more juice. They need something. Now, I've heard people talk about Zach Levine and this, that, the other. And I don't know exactly what the right player is right now. I thought about this. I've kind of looked and tried to see who I thought might fit that, you know, whatever it is that they kind of need. They need a score. They need another score, another guy who's younger, who when if they're in the half court offense, they can just give the ball to that guy. And he's like, I can get you a bucket. Right now, Austin Reeves might grow into that. D'Angelo Russell might put a strength, try to put a stranglehold on that. But if we're depending on D'Angelo Russell to be that third guy, to be that guy we can lean on, on for scoring or whatever, I don't know if consistently he can do that. But that is my, my, my take on we discuss Wimby on this pod a lot. And for good reason. It's it's incredible what he's doing. It's incredible uh, to see his skill level for such a young age. But I don't think we give Chet his flowers as much as we should. And so we're going to do that right now. I just think that he's having himself an exceptional year. Um, whether it's controversial or not. He deserves to be in the Rookie of the Year conversation. Um, Doing what Holmgren is doing on a winning team with high expectations, because here's the thing. Yes, when we went into the year, did we expect the OKC Thunder to be like a legitimate playoff team? No, but now that they're here and they're not going anywhere, we have to basically reevaluate what our expectations are of them. I mean, right now, they look like a high-level playoff team. And if this guy who is in his second year, but his first year, because he was out last year, injured, is playing so remarkably well. And not only is he playing well, he's one of the big benefits. He's, he's literally one of the leading people that is getting them to wins. It's not like he's just getting points and that's it. No, their defense has gotten better. Their rim projections gotten better. Just because the specter of this seven foot one bean pole that is in OKC. Okay. Chet Holmgren has played absolutely phenomenal all year. Um, The last rookie who had this much influence on winning. We got to go all the way back to 1979-1980. This is how historic this is. We have to go to 79-80. And I'm sure you know the name. Irvin Magic Johnson. This is the last time we've seen this. You can talk about LeBron and what he did when he came in, but that team won like 17 games that year. Again, I'm talking about they had players. This guy had to come in and fit a role. 
This guy had to come in and say, oh, I'm not the number one option and I'm not going to be able to, to, you know, develop all these skills. I got to play this role. And he did. And he has done it. So hats off to Chet Holmgren and what he's doing with the OKC Thunder. I wanted to show him some love. I wanted to give OKC Thunder some love. And oh yeah, by the way, let's give our guy Casey Wallace some love too as well. Right? That's our guy out of Kentucky. We were high on him. Um, it Up until the Portland video and a couple other videos, the OKC Thunder Case and Wallace video was our number one YouTube clip up until the last couple of days because Wimbayama has just absolutely um, devastated the numbers for us. Uh, so we appreciate everybody in OKC caping up for us because we cape up for y'all. All right. And let's turn the page and let's get to Jaime Hawkes Jr. And the reason why I want to get to Jaime Hawkes Jr. Twofold reason. One, let's talk about it. Hanya Hakas Jr., you know my love for UCLA. It is, it is unquestioned how much I love UCLA. But the numbers bear out. Here's the thing. The Miami Heat rookie is doing everything I saw him do at UCLA. Okay, that's the first foreign thing you need to, to know. Um, he's just a hard-nosed competitor. <laughs> to 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 throw another football references, I know that we've gone a little football heavy with the references today, but he's a Dan Campbell type of guy, kneecap biter type of dude, right? Um, he is gritty. He is tough. He's gonna play defense. Um, and here's the other thing: he has a, a bunch of nuance to his game. So, if you need him to be a tough-minded defender, Jaime has got you. Oh, you want some offense? Oh, I can drop 20 points. I can do that for you. His true shooting percentage on the season so far is 61%. That's incredible. Okay? He's a wing. And he's not even a big wing. He's 6'6". He's not 6'9". He's not tremendously athletic but his footwork is absolutely impeccable watch his footwork in Miami go back watch the tape at UCLA you will see a guy who has worked on the fundamentals to an exhausted level does that sound like a Miami Heat person to you no stone unturned that's Pat Riley okay so Jaime Hikes was built for Miami. Um, he's also he's also shooting 39.3% from three. He's got 22 steals in 20 games. Low key, he's a very good distributor. He has 51 assists, 51 dimes in 20 games as well. I just think Mick Cronin should just should be a pipe pipeline to the Miami Heat. Mick Cronin literally should be the minor league affiliate to the Miami Heat. Maybe they UCLA should adapt the the Miami Heat colors and put Heat culture in Poly Pavilion because Mick Cronin basically is like a junior like Spolstra. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Is there anything else that we need to get to? The four things that I want to talk about. We've already kind of talked about it, but I would just want to reiterate this. Fundamentally sound, you know you're going to get that with Jaime Hawkes Jr. Gritty defender and rebounder, he will get them. He will get rebounds. He sticks his nose in there every single time. He does not allow ego to get in the way. Jaime Hawkes Jr. played for McCronin. And when I tell you that Mick Cronin yelled at that man for four straight years, that's exactly the type of guy that Miami Heat want. 
somebody who's not scared to get coached hard. And then he's a tireless worker. So these are all Miami Heat qualifications. Like, I think you have to take a test to become a Miami Heat. It's kind of like a, a, a driver's license test. Are you gritty? Will you play defense? Will you stay in shape? Like, to a ridiculous level, look like a superhero. You know, like in Miami, you can't have more than like 5% body fat, right? Um, but these are all things that Jaime Hakez is doing, and we are so proud of him here at FRPC because you know that our home for UCLA, go Bruins, 8-clap all day, all of those sort of things. So our guy, Jaime Hakez Jr., a tip of the cap to you. And, okay, I have a couple more little tidbits that I want to hit here because I do want to give some love to another guy who's playing exceptionally well on a really garbage team, okay? And, <sighs> hmm, I want to parse this out correctly. And the reason why I want to say it like this is this. Detroit Pistons right now, now, I have a a, a, a friend of mine who is a, a staunch Detroit Pistons fan. Shouts out to my guy, Don. And he had dreams of 36 wins this year. Now, I thought that was pretty industrious. I didn't see it. And I think it's coming to fruition this year. Um, Monty Williams is the new coach. They want to play a different way. Cade is coming off an injury plague season where he only played like a handful of games last year. And they still don't have enough shooting. But the guy that I want to give love to is Osor Thompson. Now, when he was coming through the draft, it was the Thompson twins. It was Amin Thompson and Osor Thompson. They get drafted right behind one another. Amin goes to the Houston Rockets, and Osir goes to the Detroit Pistons. Their games are a little bit different. Amin's more the playmaker guy. Osir is more of the defender slasher guy. Let me let me ask this question. Did the Rockets take the correct Thompson twin? Now this sounds very, very like first take or what whatever show is on um, FS1 or whatever. But I'm not saying it for the clickbait factor. What I'm what I'm saying is this is that this is not an overreaction to the start of the year of Amon Thompson. Because here's the thing. I think Amon is going to be a very special player. Amin Thompson is going to be box office before it's all over with. I don't know if it'll be with the Rockets. I'm not saying he's getting traded, so don't aggregate me. But he's just on a team that he can't really showcase all of what he can do. Not at this moment. Maybe if there's some trades, he finds his way into the rotation and gets that. But if Asur was there... I saw we get on the court immediately because the defensive mindset of Ime Adoka is right up the alley for Asur Thompson, right? It's just absolutely where he should be. He's long, he's athletic, he's an absolute terror in the passing lanes and on the boards. He's not the playmaker, again, that Amen is, but he is a, he's going to be very, very good as a second side initiator. I believe that. He's averaging two point six a game and, and is limited because Cade has the ball in his hands a lot. And also with Jay Nivey and Marcus Sasser and Killian Hayes. Still trying to figure out why Killian Hayes is still playing basketball. But Nonetheless, Asura is having a great year. And I wanted to give him a shout out because 
11.7 points a game, 8.8 rebounds a game for a 19-year-old man. Okay? This young man is 19. He's almost at 9 rebounds a game. By the way, on limited minutes, it's not like he's playing 36. He's not playing 36 minutes. He's doing this on like 22. All right? 1.3 blocks a game and 1.2 steals a game. So I wanted to show him some love, but I also wanted to ask a question. Do we think the Rockets would be better if they had Arsur Thompson instead of Amen Thompson? Just a question. Just needed to ask it. Right? The other thing that I want to end the podcast with is this, is that we, like we said, we've been trying to get our format to a certain level, right? The format is, we talk about the news stories, um, we're going to give you a little fantasy, and we're going to give you maybe maybe a little betting or whatever. This is still all coming down the line. We're still going to do it. We're going to two pods a week, starting now, right? So this is the first pod of the week. We should have a second one by Thursday. It will either be recorded on Wednesday and drop Thursday, or it will be recorded on Thursday and drop Thursday, but you will have a pop. Guaranteed. We are going back to two pods a week. Now, Dane Blackburn, our Australian uh, correspondent, is coming. Trust me. He started a new job. We're trying to get him. We're efforting to get him. It will happen. Do not worry yourself with that. Nico is also in the fold. We're doing a couple like kind of test runs with the both of them coming up in the next couple weeks. And then they'll be hitting the ground running. I believe that we should have some sort of another voice on this podcast. Hopefully. Hopefully. In the next couple weeks. If not, it'll be January. It's just real hard right now with my schedule, the Christmas games coming up. Now, this in-season tournament, we're also like looking at draft prospects, all these things, a lot going on. Plus, also, keep in mind, what we're going to talk about this upcoming week. December 15th is coming. Everybody knows who is a true hoop head. That that means a lot of the free agents who signed in the offseason are now eligible to be traded. So, a lot less movement up until that date. Then, when that date hits, I think we'll start to hear more rumor, more chatter, more insinuation of who's going where and, and uh, why they're going there. Right? I'm keeping my ear to the to the ground so we stay on top of these things and we want to present these stories to you um as humbly and and, and bring so much fun to us. So that's where we're we're looking at right now. So I just wanted to give you kind of a a little different the scheduling update when Nico and Dane should be appearing and that's kind of where we are right now. It's still in flux. I thought we would have it more nailed down right now, so I'm giving you a little insight inside the uh, studio type of deal. But sure, sure enough, sure enough, and soon enough, we will have both these guys on the pod, um, maybe a little bit together, but I think what's going to end up happening is they're going to be doing stuff with myself and then on special pods We'll be all together. We'll we'll collect all the Avengers, get all the Infinity Stones, and become the greatest podcast that has ever lived. Right? That is the goal. So, with that being said, the couple things I want to leave you with. One, thank you guys for hanging in. Two, the other thing. If any of this you disagree with, you can hit me on X. I'm not hard to find. Front Runner PC at Front Runner PC. If you are a little shy, 
and you don't want to send the message to me, you can hit Nico up at, at Nico FRPC. And do not forget about the YouTube channel, Front Runner Podcast Collective. We put up new clips every week. There'll be clips coming from this pod. Hopefully we will put enough uh, gifs and funniness and uh, hopefully a little, we'll throw a little information in there. We'll sprinkle a little information in there for you as well. So those are the things that I wanted to promote. So we are pretty much good on that. You guys have a great rest of your week. Enjoy some of the in-season tournament. And by the time we talk next, we'll be talking about championship games, baby. You know what I'm saying? We will know who is in the in-season tournament championship. Can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to see it. And as always, y'all stay easy and I'll see you down the road.